What's up, guys, and welcome to the Married Life Podcast. This is a weekly podcast designed to help build stronger marriages, to create stronger families, to form stronger communities. And you're about to hear session six from the Married Life Conference. And in case you missed the conference or any of the other sessions, you can actually go back right now and listen to those on the podcast and hear those right in order. Uh, So without further ado, this is session six from the Married Life Conference with Joe and Chrissy Angelo. Joe and Chrissy Angelo have been married 10 years and have three beautiful children. They have served under pastors Dave and Vanessa leadership for 15 years and have been on staff at Road to Life Church for seven years. Joe and Chrissy are the founders of The Married Life and are passionate about seeing marriages and families thrive. Please welcome to the stage, Joe and Chrissy Angelo. Some of you know this, that Chrissy is a DIY girl. Um, she, she, like, she sees things, and then she just wants to build them. And, uh, and she thinks I'm a DIY guy, which, in fact, I am not a DIY guy. I'm a call some other guy to build something for this guy kind of guy. Call Bruce. Call Bruce. Bruce. Poor Bruce. Oh. The other day, I saw him at Red Cup, and I was like, man, every time I have an issue, I call you. And he's like, I love it. You know how Bruce is. Like, that's what I'm here for, you know? Um, but I have some friends that are very intimidating to me. Uh, Jarrett Kramer uh, decided to double his house. Now, his house wasn't that big to begin with, but so he still wanted to double it. So this is a picture of his house, and he actually put on this addition on the back of it, and I see Kelly, like, frantically, like, where's the picture? Where's the picture? Where's the picture? Um, anyways... He put an addition on the back of his house, and Chrissy and I were doing a walkthrough of it, and I was like, where do you even begin on this? Yeah, you know, like, I had no idea. Uh, and then I have another friend. Um, oh, there it is. There it is. Right? Like, to most men in here, you're like, that ain't a thing. To me, I'm intimidated and scared. Um, so, what? Yeah, he's not 24. He, yes, he is. And he oh YouTubed it. He YouTubed it. Don't step foot in that house. <laughs> It passed everything. It's fine. Yeah, you know who checked it? Pastor Dave. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I trust him. I trust him. Uh, I have another friend who's a carpenter. Um, he's older than 24. And look at this is the house he built. Um, 5,000 square feet. He's still it's building it. Massive. And we walked in there, and I, I asked him, I was, like, I was like, dude, how do you even start one room and then not finish it, and then continue, like, throughout. And he's like, well, you got your process and your steps, and you do it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know step one. Um, so to say all of that, I don't trust myself building a bunk bed for my children. Um, from Ikea. Like, it's our, there's directions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me rephrase that. Not building. Assembling. <laughs> because I do that. You, she does. She assembles a lot of things. She's like the Avengers. They assemble. Um, but I, 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 honestly, I get nervous that if I had to assemble or build any kind of bunk bed, that Vivi, my, my youngest one, would climb to the top and she'd sit on it and it would fall and smash Gwen, my middle one, and we would be, you know, like our children would be taken away from us because I tried Emily, to Emily be would come get them. A builder, yes. <laughs> um, and so I'm not a builder. But in reading Proverbs 31:10, it says, "Who can find a virtuous?" wife. And that word virtuous in the Hebrew is the word kail. Say that with me. Say kail. Kind of sounds like you're saying Kyle, you know, just think that. Like you learned Hebrew, Kyle, you know, like there you go. Um, and what it means is it means 
a force, a strength, efficiency, or ability. And as I was reading that, I was thinking about building, you know? I was thinking about everything that we build because when you look at our building like that we're in right now or your home, like there's, there's a force to it. There's the ability to protect you. There's strength in those walls. And it says that a virtuous woman, who can one find, or a, who can find a virtuous wife? And how when we get a wife, husbands, they have virtue in them. They have strength in them. There's ability in them. But we are the ones that have to take that to the next level. We're the ones that help pull that out and help them realize and reach their potential in Christ. But my big fear is that some of us men, because maybe we don't know our Bible as much as Pastor Shannon, maybe because we can't sing worship music as good as Joe can. Um, <laughs> are you laughing? <laughs> um, that we kind of get intimidated, and instead of trying to build something up, help pull that out of them, we kind of think like Joe, like, man, if I try to build a bunk bed, it's just gonna collapse and kill someone. So I'm not even going to try to pull the virtue out of my wife. I'm not even going to try to, to, see, to build upon the strength, to be able to see that, that ability that she has and pull it out. She'll just, she'll get it herself. Now understand, I'm not saying that you're just virtuous because you married a man. It obviously says that who can find a virtuous wife? Like the virtue's there. Right, yeah, women. I mean, how many women were vital last week? That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> what? You need to redo that, all right? I've been to a vital conference. Y'all are a little more crazy than that, okay? So, well, hold on. How many out, people were at vital order. last week? Was it was it. awesome. No, it was awesome. I mean, but... Listen, I've seen, though, I still don't think that's your best, okay? <laughs> I've seen the vital videos, and y'all be standing up, and you be like, ah! You know, like, don't even laugh at me. You do it. I've seen you, so... Listen, if you were at Vital last week, I need you to stand up right now, and I need you to get a little loud for being a virtuous, vital woman. <laughs> that's, that's it. There that's you it. go. There you go. Way to pull that out. I like yeah, it. You know, I'm just pre I'm, I'm practicing what I preach. Okay. But, I mean, how many... How, <laughs> did you see the women there? There were students. There were single women. There were married women. There were divorced women. There were widowed women. They were everywhere. You don't have to be a married woman to be virtuous, but men, you will either build upon that virtue that's already there, or you're going to tear it down. You have to choose your words to build her up and not to tear her down. But I want to look back and it says, who can find a virtuous woman? Now, if you are anything like my husband, you are, you're a terrible finder. You're a really good looker but you're a terrible finder. I remember um, when we lived in St. Joe, when we first got married, we lived in this like teeny tiny duplex. It was really cute, I liked it. And I was sitting at the kitchen table and it was so small that like the cupboards were for the dishes. Like there wasn't even enough room for our food. So you had to buy like one of those um, like little white cheap, uh, like a pantry. Yeah, and there's like four little shelves. It's like you can barely fit anything in it. I didn't build it either. No, I probably put it together. And um, he literally, he comes up to it and he opens it, not even two seconds. Where's the peanut butter? I'm like, you didn't even look. And he's looking and I'm just like, it's right there. Where? It's right there. He's not looking at me. He's still looking. I'm like, it's right there. And I'm just like, Joe, turn around. Look at my finger. It's right there. 
right there. And sure enough, it was right where she was pointing, <laughs> not where I was looking. Um, <laughs> but this is Chrissy and I pointing to every one of your wives saying, what you're looking for is right there. Yes. What you need is right there. The ability is right there. The strength is right there. Don't look anywhere but right there. And we just want to help you today to be able to see that because it is there all along. In verse 7, it says, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. Now, I think this is huge because I can trust my wife with things that I share with Chrissy. Like, I can air it out to her. I can let her know what's going on with my brother when he's annoying me or my mom or, or Pastor Dave because he's, you know, lifting more weights than I am now. And I'm like, what the heck, dude? Like, you know, like my frustrations. And, and I know that whatever I share with Chrissy isn't going to get to Mackenzie, then isn't going to get to my mom, then isn't going to get to Pastor Vanessa, then isn't going to get to Jaden, then back to me. You know, like, it's not going to be any kind of gossip circle because I trust my wife. And I feel like I take it to, like, the extreme. You know, who knows Joe likes to mess with people in this room? Yes. Has he ever messed with you? Have he ever lied to you? Has he ever played a joke on you? Have he ever... <laughs> Bruce... Has he ever scared you? Have he ever lied to you about something because he thought it was funny? Like, that gives me anxiety. The instant he does it, I don't care if it's a two-second joke. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And it just, like, creates this thing in me, and I, it makes me sick to my stomach. Can I just tell you guys? I, so I'm going to speak at another church tomorrow, and the secretary or the assistant messaged me. He's like, hey, you know, what kind of water do you like? What kind of coffee, blah, 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 I want to serve you. Kind of like how, you know, Kaylee does for Pastor Dave Vanessa. Anytime we have someone come, um, you know, like uh, Shannon, Cindy right now, just trying to serve them, Mike and Julie, just trying to be above and beyond. So this woman, okay, just picture Kaylee, okay, and this is me talking to her. I said, hey, Madison, thanks for the great welcome, and hopefully I can answer some of your questions. I will take a water while I preach. I prefer 10,000 BC water. It's from Canada. It's best served at 36 degrees, right above freezing. Here's the link. Now, I hope she clicked the link because in the link she would understand that this water is two miles off the beaten path from a glacier that she's going to have to go and get it. I then said, my wife and two of my daughters will be joining me. They prefer the same water at the same temperature. Chrissy tends to not get enough attention when I come and preach, so if we can let some of the team know to give her special attention and not make it all about me, um, that would be great. I said, the kids don't matter, though. I said, <laughs> so they can just be thrown in the kids' ministry. I think Gwen is four, and Vivi might be almost two. I'm not sure. I said, also, do you have Kope Lua coffee? That's what we drink. If not, here is a link. I sent her the link. Now, if you don't know what Kope Lua coffee is, that's the coffee that cats eat the beans of the coffee and poop it out, and then it tastes better. Yes, and so, and it's really expensive, so. Um, and then I said, if you prefer, or if you have any further questions, can you please have Pastor Muta contact me? It seems a little unprofessional having someone else other than the lead pastor talk to me. I wanted to kill him. I was like, did she email you back? What did she say? Did she text you? Like, oh my gosh. I, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like the anxiety in me. So if Joe, if you think Joe is messing you, messing with you, look at me and I will tell you all over my face. I can't handle it. And so when, in, uh, a few years ago, Joe, um, for his 30th birthday, I wanted to throw him a surprise birthday party. I thought this was a great idea, and I don't know why. And it was all great, and it was fun, and I planned it um, at somebody else's house whose birthday was near Joe's. 
And so it was a Friday night, and it happened to be our anniversary. Our anniversary is a week before his birthday. And so I said, hey, before we go to dinner, can we just, like, you know, stop by their house, say hi, and then we'll go to dinner. But I'm, like, trying to, like, do this, you know, get all this stuff together. And it's fine until, like, the week of when you actually have to, like, do stuff and plan stuff and cook stuff. And then the line started. <laughs> or, like, the hiding. And I, 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 I was having anxiety and... Probably diarrhea. Like, I'm not kidding. It creates something in me. I don't know what it is. I cannot. I thought she had the flu. <laughs> I had to, like, cook food during the day, and I wasn't even saying anything or lying to him about it. I just felt like I was hiding something, and I was like, I, 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 I couldn't handle it. And so I feel like it's extreme. So, I mean, if you think Joe's lying to you, just come to me, and I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. But to sum all that up, you should have a wife that you can trust. And so husbands, you want to be able to trust her, but at the same time, wives, you want to let him know, hey, what you say is going to stay between us. Okay. I'm not going to tell my mom. I'm not going to tell my sister. My aunt's not going to find out. My niece, whoever it is, like, it's going to stay between you and I. Because, man, I'm telling you what, your husband, what he wants from you is a friend. Yeah. He wants you to be his best friend. Friend. I read a, a book recently on marriage, and uh, he talked about, like, really in relationships, like, in the broad spectrum of life, you'll probably only have between two and three people that are actually friends. You'll be friendly with people, but those people that actually know your deep, intimate, like, things that are going on in your life, things that you share things with, and he said, your spouse, your, the husband, he wants you to be one of those friends that he can say, this is what's going on in my life, and he wants to know that you will, tr that he can trust you, and you'll protect what he shares with you. Verse 12 says, she rewards him with good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, I feel like this uh, verse is pretty straightforward. You give him good and not evil, you know? I think a lot of women think he doesn't deserve it, or it's my job to keep him humble. He's too proud or his head's too big and all this kind of stuff. That is not your job. Your job is to encourage and love and lift him up because the truth is his job is gonna humble him. His boss is gonna humble him. His coworkers are gonna humble him. If he owns a business, the businesses around him are gonna humble him. It is your job to lift him up every single day. Does he deserve it? You do. No, he doesn't. Not every single day. He doesn't deserve it every single day, but the reality is, do you? Like, the good that Jesus gives us, do we deserve that every single day? We don't. So if this verse is true, if it is true that we are to give him good and not evil all the days of his life, let's see what the opposite says. Look at what the Bible says about a nagging wife. Proverbs 21.9 says, it's better to live on a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 21.19 says it's better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Now, just to interject there, I've been to Helen back, and it's called Arizona. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. It's, there's no breeze. There's no water. There's but it's no, a dry heat. There's, dude, what pee? Man. <laughs> Somebody, I don't remember even who it was. They told me. They're like, it's a dry heat. Listen. 90 degrees is 90 degrees. It is hot. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's the only hallelujah I've got all day. It's like, because I'm just talking about hot. Um, anyways, when we were out there, 
I remember like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on my tan while I'm in Arizona. You know what you don't work on in Arizona? Your tan. There's nowhere to cool off. You walk out, you don't lay a towel down on the grass. You know why? Because your yard's rocks. <laughs> There's no grass anywhere. Um, and so when I read this, I'm like, wow, God is saying it's better to go to Arizona and die and have a buzzard peck out your eyeballs than to live with a quarrelsome wife. I'm like, dang, that's rough because Arizona sucks. <laughs> Proverbs 27, 15 says, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. It's like a tight, what is that called? Chinese torture device. It is. Drip, the dripping. drip, drip. Give him to speak. Proverbs 25, 24 is worth repeating. It's better to live on the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 19, 13 says, a foolish son is ruined to his father and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. Listen, I've had to have um, multiple people come to my house and try to help me out. Uh, CJ, Bruce, um, I'm sure there's other people. Because you're not remember. a DIY guy. Because I'm not a DIY guy. Uh, but uh, PD, um, that's Pastor Dave for you that are like, what's a PD? That's his, his name's not PT, it's PD, Pastor Dave. Um, but at our, on our fireplace, uh, we got like a, a insert, you know, gas insert, turn on the remote. It's awesome and fire, you know, it's like amazing. Uh, well, something happened in my roof uh, that whenever it rains, you would hear this dripping, just drip, drip, drip. And then the fireplace is on, so it'd be like drips, drips. Because it's hitting the heat, you know? Drips, drips. And so even reading this, I'm like, do you remember that? I'm like, shoot me. Like, Bruce came over multiple times. He's like, oh, it's right here. Wasn't there. Oh, it's right here. And, and the only time we could check it was when it rained outside. There was a couple times I took a couple of buckets of water upstairs, you know, on the roof. I'm like, oh, now I'll be able to see if it, that did not work at all. Um, but we are able to get it fixed. But just thinking even back on that, I'm like, man, when you just hear, like, you ever try to sleep at night and you just hear, like, your faucet, like, drip, 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 drip. You know, you can't fall asleep. It's just annoying. Like, this says that about some wives. Um, your turn. Proverbs 12.4 says, a wife of noble character is a husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Now, like I said, he doesn't deserve this all the days of your life. But it's what God has called us to do. It's our job, even though it's really hard. It is really hard, especially with this guy. Um, verse 13b, it says, and provides food for the household. And all the men said... You must be vegans, because you did not sound excited about that. <laughs> Listen, my wife is an amazing cook, and I mean, I'm, I'm spoiled by it. Uh, and you know what she did recently is, she actually asked me, she's like, what were some meals that you liked that I made last week? And you know, like, I'm an idiot, I'm like, I don't know, what'd you cook, you know? And she's like, well, I made um, uh, like a burrito bowl, you know? Uh, she's like, I made a naked egg roll, and it was awesome. Like, yes, that, that. That was good. And she just sat there and kind of listed off everything she made. And she just had her, like, journal. She was just writing it down in her planner and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just seeing what you liked, and I'm going to make it next week. I'm like, oh, my gosh. The Lord's going to come back any minute. Like, this is awesome, you know? Like, look, God is good. But then I read this. I'm like, oh, she's just been reading her Bible. 
She's just trying to be more like Jesus because he said that she provides food for the household. Now, I want to talk to the ladies out there that can't cook, okay? Um, listen, you might not be able to make a mean naked egg roll like Chrissy, but you know what you can do? You can make a mean phone call and call an egg roll to your house from a Chinese restaurant, and you can serve your boo still. You can set it out for him, get him chopsticks. That's even more advanced than what Chrissy does. You know, like, you could do that next level. Listen, sometimes we just think, oh, well, I'm not good at it, so I can't do it. Listen, I'm not good at fixing stuff, so I'm going to call Bruce. He's going to help me fix stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you might not be good at cooking, but you can still serve your husband. You can still see what he loves. And then husbands, please understand this. Your wife does not need another child. So when she cooks something, and even if you don't like it, man, that is good, baby. I do prefer the fill in the blank, but man, this is good. Because she doesn't need another kid. Honor your wife. Thank her for that. But wives, honor your husband. Just ask him, what's your favorite meal that I cook? What's, what's, the, what's the thing that you love the most for breakfast, most for lunch? When I pack your lunch, you go to work. The best thing I make for dinner. Just ask him. Have you asked him that lately? I ask Indio all the time that. I was like, what, what do I love, Indio? Like, what can you cook me, you know? <laughs> Indio's a mean cook. The other day, I was getting my hair cut at All Stars, and he was supposed to come there, and there's another food truck there and stuff. And anyway, so Indio's like, no, I'm going to go somewhere else, and he did. And it worked out good for him. Um, but I was sitting there. I was like, man, what am I going to eat for lunch now? Like, <laughs> like his food is that good. I'm Anyways, just shameless plug for Indio and smoking Indio's barbecue. Stop touching my stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Verse 17 says, she girds herself with strength and she strengthens her arms. She was physically strong and she took care of her body. I think Shannon took that one home. But she didn't do it because she was vain. She did it because she was in preparation of what was to come for her family. She was ready for anything. Joe and I really value health, not because we care about the way we look. I mean, we do, we try to present ourselves um, well, but it's more about our why, like we talked about earlier. It's about our kids. It's about you know leaving a legacy, being there for our kids, being there for our grandkids, and just being healthy and making sure that we're around. And then it said she girds herself. It means she was tying a belt around her waist in preparation for something that was really difficult, something that was heroic or um, just like war. She was like ready. I feel like I'm at war right now. I am potty training my two-year-old. And every morning I'm like, dang it, and I gotta like get it together and potty train this stinking kid. But I'm like, you have to like be ready, be strong, prepare yourself because God has great things for your life. God has great things for your marriage, and it's going to exceed what you even think right now. And if you're not ready for it, if you're not preparing yourself for it, why would God give it to you, you know? You know, even when she says this, it's like I literally think of, like, Wonder Woman uh, because, and again, I'm a dork. Like, I love movies. Uh, but PV uh, preached on Wonder Woman last year at the movies, and the way that she presented it was so good and so true because you have this young woman, Diana, who is preparing all of her life, that they are on this island and they think they're always going to be safe, but in case something happens, we should be ready. Listen, you need to be ready in case something happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this comes from physical 
and also spiritual. Because there's going to be battles all throughout your life. There's going to be things that come up. And here's the thing, like what Chrissy said, when it comes to like fitness and stuff, like I really, it's great having Adam and Tina in our lives. It's great having my brother and Mackenzie because between those four people right there, we kind of get all the information we need on what to eat, how to work out, how to think, getting adjusted. If you're like, man, I don't even know where to start because I see people working out and it's like crazy. I can't do CrossFit. I can't do, you know, fill in the blank. It was just like what Pastor Shannon was saying earlier. Like, can you do sit-ups in bed? You know, like, can you sit up in bed? You know, like there's somewhere that you can start to get healthy because here's the thing. You need to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, then either your spouse or your kids one day are gonna have to take care of you. Like, but you can put in the work on the front end right now and being healthy and whole. So on the back end, you get to enjoy time with them. That's why like Bruce is my like, my Bruce is my idol for when I'm his age. I'm like, I wanna run around like that, dude. I wanna play on the ground with my grandkids like that. I wanna load in and load out still. Like, like Bruce is my goal. I'm like, what do I have to do to get there? Okay, well, I guess I gotta run because Bruce runs all the time, you know? And I guess I gotta get cocaine because Bruce is acting like. <laughs> <laughs> There's too far Joe. There he, there is. he is. I knew he was in there somewhere. <laughs> mm. This is still you. Keep going. Oh, is it still me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know what I mean, Bruce? <laughs> Anyways, uh, a couple months ago, we took some, um, some book bags to the local homeless shelter with the young adults. It was cool. And we took Gwen and Vivi with us because our goal is to help them see from a young age how, how like, special, um, we have it. Like, we are very blessed. Like, we have it so good. And we live in an entitlement, a mentality, mindset, culture nowadays, you know, and especially our children. So Chrissy's goal is, uh, what's it called for homeschooling when you take them places? A field trip. A field trip. They do that real school, too. Um, <laughs> this is why I am not the teacher. <laughs> All right, go ahead, sit down, Gwen. Professor Daddy is going to teach you. You know, like, anyways. Um, <laughs> she wants to take them on field trips to like local homeless shelters and to food pantries and to soup kitchens and stuff like that just to teach them like listen as good as we have it we want to give back to others we want to love others we want to help others and this is what it says in verse 20 proverbs 31 20 it says she extends her hand to the poor she extends her hand to the poor do you know that the reason that orphanages exist today is because Christians would go around and all the children that would be abandoned and they would be thrown out and cast out, the Christians would gather together and take care of. Did you know that the reason that hospitals exist is because when everyone's fleeing because there's something that's breaking out and everyone's getting sick and dying, the Christians would run in and take care of the sick. Your cell phone's ringing. <laughs> we are called to lend a hand to the poor. This, this talks about wives, but husband, it's the same for us. It's us in general as Christians. If we're coming to a conference and we're feeding ourselves, you know, on food and on spiritual growth and everything, but then we're not taking this out into the world and giving something back to the world, we're no different than the world. We're called to be set apart. 
I'm not, I, listen, I'm sick of some stupid humanitarian act looking better than the local church. Like the local church should not just be a building we go and sit in. The local church is where we get equipped to go out and take the good news of the gospel to a broken world. To show them we care more about you than we care about ourselves to the point, to the point where people would literally sacrifice their lives knowing I might get sick trying to take care of this person. Verse 21, this is one of my favorite ones out of this whole thing. It says, she's not afraid of snow for her household. She didn't live in Indiana. (laughs) For all of her household is clothed in scarlet. And I think a lot of you, when you think of scarlet, you think of like, you know, wealth or power or influence and stuff like that. And that's true. That's how, you know, it showed in like, with Jesus was covered with the scarlet. But scarlet also symbolizes the blood of Jesus. And I think when it says, for all of her household is clothed in scarlet, I want to choose that. I want to I choose that my household is clothed in the blood of Jesus. We need to focus more on that kind of scarlet versus this kind of scarlet. It reminded me of a story. Um, this is how much I really, honestly, I get dressed up for stuff like this on Sundays. You should see me the rest of the week. I don't care. You still look good, boo. Well, to you. And, we went to Target. Joe needed clothes for something. And I remember we were specifically going for him because we walked in the door. And Joe immediately went to the motorized cart. He got on it. Gwen wants to do it. I'm like, she's nine months old. She doesn't care. It's you. So I'm mortified. You don't know obviously. your daughter at all. <laughs> so I'm mortified. I'm like, I don't want to be around am doing this and so I like dart right for the men's department and I'm like looking for clothes they're looking for clothes and I hear Joe <laughs> I hear him coming I'm like oh my gosh no it was cool and I was like <laughs> Bruce met me at Target we tweaked a couple things you know I think it's flying <laughs> I think that's what you think you were doing but you weren't and so I hear him coming but then I also hear him uh, talking to a lady and she's like oh aren't you Pastor Joe then I'm like oh dear god <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like, yes, I am. (laughs) Don't you go to Road to Life Church? I'm like, no, thank God. And so they're like chatting or whatever, and I'm like totally mortified, but I'm like, I'm finishing up what I'm doing or whatever. And um, I walk over, and I hear Joe say, here comes my wife, and she, (laughs) she turns around like I scared her and said, you don't look like you do on Sundays. And, you know, I gave her, like, the really nice pastor smile. But in my head, I'm like, I'm glad you don't go to my church anymore. I'm like, who says that? I was, like, mortified. And then I ran her over with my cart. Her funeral was the following weekend. Oh, my gosh. But I say that to say this. Like, our focus needs to be more on the scarlet of the blood of Jesus and not the scarlet of what we look like on the outside or the perception that we're giving off to other people. It was a Saturday. I mean, my hair was in a bun. I was wearing sweatpants. Like, whatever. You know, and... and Rude. (laughs) I'm over it. I'm fine. I'm past it. But if you see her here, she is not welcome. Welcome her in, and then welcome her out. 
Just oh, kidding. Oh, we're closed today. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Some of the people here, it's their first time. They're like, wow, these two are really... <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, so it also says all of her household is clothed, okay? So men, that includes you and I as well. All of the household is clothed. And it doesn't mean, again, in the sense of scarlet and the power and listen to me and do as I say, but it means in the way that Paul puts it so eloquently in Ephesians. He says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I have a picture of Jesus. Now, husbands, take a look at this. This is from a image from Passion of the Christ. This is how Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, is saying you should love your wife. When you feel like that, you're looking like Christ. When you feel like your wife doesn't deserve your love, when you feel like you shouldn't have to serve her, when you feel like you shouldn't have to work for everything, when you feel like you should come home and the meal should be cooked, when you feel like she should be taking care of the kids and she's not doing it right, when you feel like she should be at the gym, when you feel, whatever you feel, whenever it's hard, whenever you're, you're like, why isn't this what my expectations are? Die to yourself. Look like Christ. Because it's not about us. Right there, he is clothed in scarlet with a scarlet robe and he is bleeding scarlet blood. Oftentimes we read this, and this just puts it into perspective. Last night after Shannon's message and Chrissy and I, we were praying up front, and I was just praying. It's like, man, God, it is so easy to read Ephesians 5.25. so easy to preach Ephesians 5.25. It's so easy to talk about it. But when you see it, and you see that I'm supposed to die for my wife. Gosh, I am a spoiled brat. Because so many times in marriage, this is me. This is my prayer last night. I make it about myself. I make it about me. When I want to eat, especially that, I am such a baby when it comes to When I want sleep, when I want ice cream, you know, like, it's just I, I, I. And again, like I'm saying, don't be another child to your wife because I know what that's like and that's something that I'm working through because I'm not trying to have to have her raise four kids, just three. We're called to look like Christ who gave his life for his blood. Are you willing to give your life for your bride? It says in Proverbs 31, 23, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Now what this is literally saying, husbands, he ain't lazy. Because you know who are at the city gates, the elders? Guess what they were? They were men of knowledge. They were men of wisdom. That any time that someone had to, something had to go to court or someone had to have something disputed or taken care of and they wanted to know, they would go to the city gates where the, wiz, the wise men would sit. And she's saying, this is where her husband sits. Listen, I love how Pastor Shannon and Pastor Mike have been saying this, that like, you might not be like any person up here speaking. You, might, you actually might know the Bible more than us, you know? Like, 
you might not. Don't worry about that. Just worry about your spiritual walk and your growth because guess what? I ain't leading your home. Pastor Shannon, he ain't leading your home. Pastor Dave isn't leading your home. Husbands, do you know who's leading your home? You're leading your home. God has called you to be the priest of your home. And you set the spiritual temperature in your home. If you're wondering why my wife isn't looking more like Jesus, probably because she's reflecting you. That's why. I want to be like this. Listen, I definitely ain't saying I'm one of the guys. I'm not one of the elders sitting that you're coming to get wisdom and knowledge from. I'm one of the guys that's going to the elders and just sitting and listening. Some of you guys, that's where you just need to get. You need to get around some guys that are ahead of you. You need to get around Indio. You need to get around Pastor Scott, Pastor Dave. You need to get around guys in your life groups that you're signing up for and say, man, I see that you're, you're here. Like, just walk me through. How do you have a devotional time? What's a devo time? Tell me what that is. Well, so what it is. I wake up around 4.30, 5 in the morning, and I spend a half hour uh, praying, then a half hour reading, uh, then I'll read a book, and I go to the gym. And you say, gosh, I can't do that. And they're going to say, yes, you can. I'll hold you accountable to it. Because here's the thing. You're not going to push yourself into success. Most people don't. Most people settle. Most people need that person that inspires them, that will push them. That's why you got Tina here that trains Chrissy. You know why? Because Chrissy, Chrissy will just go and she'll set up the gym, just doing what she always does. But as soon as she starts training with Tina, she said that her workouts went to a next level. So I started training with Adam, and my workouts went to a next level. And Pastor Dave started training with Big E, and his workouts went to the next level. It's the same thing spiritually. It's the exact same thing spiritually. That if you're like, man, I'm plateauing spiritually. I can't lift anymore. I can't do anymore. I can't hear the Lord anymore. Then you need to get around somebody who can help you hear the Lord. Because men, we're not called to be lazy. I Listen, I'm all for vital women. We just started this off. It's a virtuous wife. I'm all for that, okay? But here's the thing. I'm going to be leading Chrissy's going to be right here. I love how Jimmy Evans says that. Jimmy Evans, like, usually it's the man right here, the wife's right here, and then it'll be here, be like right there. It's like that sweet spot. If your wife is here and you're down here, bro, I can tell you right now, you're failing, okay? Like, listen to me. This ain't to be harsh. It's the truth. Like, man, don't think you paid 109 bucks to come here and then just waste your money. If you're here and your wife is here, you're failing. And so you need to ask a dude, how do I get here? And then, how do I actually lead my wife? Because I tell you what it's not. Leading your wife isn't submit. Bible says submit. If you're quoting that scripture, you are losing so badly. That is not what it is. It's leading by example. Tell you what, if you're falling more in love with Jesus, your wife's going to fall more in love with Jesus. We met with a couple recently, and they were sharing that. Uh, they were just asking us, you know, like, how, how can we get better? We're fine about this, this, and this. And, and Chrissy said, you know how, how Joe um, leads me? Go ahead. I just, if it, well, I just think if I'm failing in an area or I'm struggling in an area, Joe has never said, you, you, you. I see Joe step up and do it. And then, because you never see, let's look at the physical. You never see somebody who's like super fit. And then the other one is just like lazy on the couch and does nothing. You never see that. You see the other kind of rise to the occasion. And that's exactly what happens with us. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm struggling in an area or, or Joe sees an area of weakness in my life, he steps in and he kind of just does more. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait for me, <laughs> you know? 
So we need to lead by example in that way. Don't point and push, you know, step forward and, and lead in that way. Uh, verse 25, it says she's clothed in strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. How many people put clothes on every single day? You don't just put it on I don't on want one. to. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't want you to. <laughs> Pastor Shannon said it. It's a sin. <laughs> it's a choice. You put it on every single day. And that's what this woman was doing. She's clothed. It's something that you put on every day. She was choosing to put on strength every day. She was choosing to put on dignity and honor every single day. It didn't come natural. You don't put on one pair of clothes and just live in it the rest of your life. What are you going to do? Dang. You're going to start stinking. You need to choose these things every single day. And then the second part of this verse says, and she laughs without fear of the future. It wasn't that she wasn't concerned about her future. I mean, look at, we haven't even read all of these verses and this woman is pretty powerful. She wasn't lazy. She was a worker. She was getting stuff done, but she didn't um, let her optimism, she let her optimism overshadow, um, you know, her, her concern for the future. She wasn't worried about it. She was stewarding her life every single day in preparation for what was to come. But let's be honest, who knows somebody that is a little like too optimistic? You know, those really annoying people? Hey, how was your day? Oh my gosh, it was so great. Da, 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 da. Oh, how was this? Can I, is there, you know, come off the stage? Hey, how can I make this better? It was the best thing ever. Like, I hate those you people. You sounded like Billy Graham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've heard that before. But they're a little too optimistic. What's that pastor call them? Yeah, uh, he says that you are a rainbow puking unicorn. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how he describes millennials. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to be that person. Like, she needed to do her part. But then she trusted in the Lord to do the rest. Yeah. She wasn't fearful of her future. Yep. Verse 26 says this in the message translation. I love it. It says, when she speaks as, or when she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. And she always says it kindly. <laughs> you know? Like, and let's just look at this from both points of view, okay? Husbands, when you speak, do you have something worthwhile to say? Wives, when you speak, do you have something worthwhile to say? One husband said yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and do you say it kindly? Because this is the way that I see it, is that when you're saying something, you're making a deposit, okay? And when you're making a deposit, an investment, you're either going to get something good back or you're going to lose it, right? You want to invest good. You want to invest building up. You want to invest something positive into their lives. And you want to say it kind. Listen, Sometimes to invest in someone's life, you got to tell them the harsh truth, but you can say it kindly. You got to be like, hey, you're looking a little chubby there, you know? Like, you start working out, huh? You poke them. Like, <laughs> no man's going to want that, you know? Is that how Cindy talked to you when, that's it, huh? Yeah. Got Shannon right in shape, you know? Oh, that's not how it is. You can tell, like, hey, honey, I got you a gym membership. You know, give him a little wink. I bet this year you're going to look better than you did when you were in your 20s. You know, like, speak kindness to them. Speak belief into them, what you see for them. And make sure that what you're speaking to them is worthwhile. In the last verse, it talks about, in verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, 
will be praised. My sister's like three years older than me. And so when I was 27, she was turning 30, and she called me one day, and she said, listen, when you turn 30, like, it's all downhill. And I was like, I'm 27. I look great. Like, that's only three years away. You know, like, when you're 20s, you think you're, like, invincible, and, like, nothing is ever bad going to happen to your body. I turned 30, and I was like, what is happening? Like, it's everywhere. Like, wrinkles. I was like, what is happening? I think Pastor Vanessa says it. She's like, when my husband, Pastor Dave, gets older, he gets, like, better looking. And I totally agree. Joe gets, like, more wrinkles. And I was like, babe, like, you look better than you did before. And I don't. I am so sorry. It does not look good on me, but it looks really good on him. I don't get it. But after- I don't agree with that. <laughs> well, wrinkles. The only reason I look better is because when I was 13, I was morbidly obese. Like... <laughs> Chrissy found a picture yesterday. She said, can we put this up? I said, no way. I didn't even have a shirt on, y'all. Oh, man. It was super inappropriate. I was like, is this a boy or a girl? Like, <laughs> Pastor yep. Dave said it was true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think after reading... Everything about this woman. I mean, I encourage you, go back and and read this whole thing about this woman if you haven't already. I mean, how many women are like kind of intimidated by this woman? It's like she can do everything, but I don't want her to discourage you. I don't want this woman to be someone that you think, I could, I can't do that. Like, I can't be that woman to my husband. I want her to encourage you. I want her to encourage you to have a higher standard for your life. She was selfless and courageous. She was confident and strong and smart and encouraging. And I believe that she was all of these things based on the second half of this passage. And it says, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. This kind of gets me choked up because I just think how many of our problems could be fixed if we would just fear the Lord? And I don't know if you're a new Christian in here. I don't know if you're maybe not even a Christian. Or I just think like the, hearing like fear the Lord, you think fear. Oh, that's a terrible thing. Like, oh my gosh, I should fear the Lord. Like this can sometimes be confusing when you hear this, this verse and say, fear the Lord. Like how, I don't understand it. But when you fear the Lord, your focus turns from success and praise from people. And it is turned to the Lord and his reward for your life. And if you can do that, all of these other attributes that this woman was, who she was, they'll fall into place. And I found this definition, this explanation of what it means to fear the Lord. And I just thought I had to read it to you because if we can grasp this, like the healing and all of the problems that happen in our marriage, like how many of them would be fixed if we could focus on being this person and fearing the Lord? It says, to fear the Lord is to move beyond a reverential trust in him. Rather, you know that the Lord is not only watching what you do, but he is listening to what you say, and he's reading your thoughts before they're even verbalized. You're constantly aware that you are in the presence of a holy, just, and all-powerful God of the universe. You realize that every thought in your mind, every word of your mouth, every action in your life, They're all open before him and thus to be judged by him, fearing 
that you will disappoint or hurt him who you love above all others. You deliberately commit your life, your mind, your heart, and your emotions to learning about him and what he expects of you. As someone who fears the Lord, you devote yourself to him and his ways in wholehearted pursuit of pleasing him. If we could really grasp this and fear the Lord in our marriage, every single one of them will be transformed. Thanks for joining us this week on The Married Life. For more content to help your marriage, go to Instagram and follow us right now at themarriedlife.us. And if you would do us a favor while you're here on the podcast, actually go subscribe, rate, and review us. Every time you rate us and review us, we actually bump up more on uh, iTunes or our podcast, wherever you're listening at, so we can help more people grow in their marriages. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.